0: You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. All right, well, let's pray before we jump into the word. Come on, let's pray. Because we got some work to do today. We got some work to do today. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword it's able to divide us to our very core. In fact, it's able to divide things in our lives that we have set up as truths and said, yep, this is the way. And all of a sudden, your word comes in and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and reveals life and says, we need to talk. And so, Father, I pray as we get into this today and we begin to see a pattern of your kingdom that leads to life, that our ears would actually be receptive, that our hearts would be open that our knees would be weak so that when we get into it and you ask us to repent and you get into it and you begin to reveal things in us that we don't like push back against you, but that we just receive it and say, thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place that reveals your word, because without him, it would just be pa- words on a page. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit that reveals the power and the deliverance of your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Everybody get your Bibles down? Huh? Yes. All right, good, 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 good. Uh, turn, I, so Mark chapter... Yeah, we'll make that work. Okay, we'll make that work. huh? <laughs> So I want to talk about something right off the bat, and, and, and it's going to be, when I say it, you, I mean, some of you are going to be like, yes, and then some of you are going to be like, huh? And some of you are going to be like, oh, we're out. Um, so there's going to be three distinct different reactions. But I want to just stand before you and, and, and declare something that that maybe you know, maybe you don't realize, and, and we're going to kind of talk this out. We're going to kind of talk this truth out that maybe we don't really we're don't really or we're not really aware of on a regular basis, but the truth is simply this. I, Chris Taylor, am possessed, okay? Let me say that again. Aren't you, aren't you excited? Listen, you showed up here. I was already going to be here, okay? But I want to just say this. Me, Chris Taylor, your pastor, I am possessed, okay? And I want to point something out as well. Crew, you're possessed as well right? Sonia, absolutely. I've been married. Yes, she is possessed, right? I'm telling you, Julie, definitely. Clayton, absolutely, right? Debbie, 100%, not just retiree. You were possessed prior to that. I want to talk about the fact that whether we realize it or not, whether we understand it or not, or maybe have used this wording for it, one way or the other, our lives are lived by being possessed by something, okay? And when we look in the Bible, most of us, when I said the words, I'm possessed, what you were hoping for next is that my head spun around, right? 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 Like when we think about possession, when we think about, especially when we talk biblical context, we think possession in the form of things that we have seen on film, things that, you know, bad pea soup all over the wall, right? Like we, tell you, am I the only one that that's what you think of, right? Right? But the reality of it is, is the word possessed goes way deeper than just that Hollywood kind of design or that Hollywood portrayal of what it looks like for somebody to be possessed. Now, in fact, actually, let's just look at what the word possessed means just to define this so we have some context here, okay? Because I know most of you are going, maybe there are some nice churches in the area. And that's okay, there are, there are. But the word possessed simply defines it as this. I think the dictionary defines it as this. Influenced or controlled by something, and I love it. They put in quotation marks here, such as an evil spirit, uh, a passion, uh, or an idea. Being influenced or controlled by. Okay, so now all of a sudden when I begin to give you that definition of what, and I love the fact that this is in Merriam's dictionary, right? That's right, Webster or Merriam. Are are they married? Are those two married? Merriam Webster? Or is it the same person? Who knows? We'll have to research that. Somebody Google that for me, right? But I don't know. Merriam and Webster need to get together. They would be a beautiful couple. Scrabble at their house would be amazing. I'm just saying. Anyway. But I love the fact that a secular defining of something even uses the fact such as an evil spirit as if it's just given. Think about this. This is given definition. It's defining that there is a spiritual realm. I love that. Like why would you use that in your context of a definition if we are just dust to dust and that's it. If there is no spiritual realm. My goodness, that's just a kind of world history view and world view there, but it just that just caught me off guard. But the reality of it is is our lives are based on we live and we are influenced. We are influenced and controlled by something on a daily basis. And you would sit there and say, "Well, I'm not." You just answered your own question that you are. Because the second you say I'm not possessed by anything, you are by definition possessed by self. You follow me on this, and influenced by self. So the reality of it is, is our lives, how we walk through our lives. We are going to wake up on a daily basis, and whether we define it by this way or not, we are possessed, and we can be possessed unto life or we can be possessed unto death. There is no gray area. Let me say that again. You can either be possessed and influenced unto life, or you can be possessed and influenced and controlled unto death. There is no middle ground. Did you hear me? Okay. Now let's do this just for a second. Let's jump into Mark. Because I want to use this story because we see this and, 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 and we can define this and we'll get into it, but I want to look at Mark chapter 5. Where did I tell you to go? Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 2. Yeah, let's just start in verse 2. Come on, we know this story. This is where Jesus interacts with a possessed man. What we would define when somebody would say the word possessed, this is how we define it, isn't it? Like this example, this picture right here this would be a, this is audience participation that when i ask in america usually when somebody asks a question you respond with a, an affirmative or the negative so let's try that again we know this we know this story right yeah. there we go thank you very much I, I just this i know we've all been so self-quarantined and so isolated that we forgot how to interact but this is how you do it right all right. When people smile and show their teeth, trust me, that's just a smile. They're happy. They're not hungry. It's going to be all right. we just got to to relearn all this stuff, all right, coming out of quarantine. Got to relearn it. But we see this story here in possession. We see this guy that Jesus is going to interact with here, and we see it, and it's what we would define when we hear that word possessed. We would go, yep, that, by definition, that's possessed. But what I want to look at is is there are things in his actions, how he was influenced, what he was doing, that very much mirrors, that very, very much mirrors our very own actions to those of us that would say, yeah, I'm not possessed by the devil. But yet our very actions line up with his actions of being possessed. Let's look at this. Starting in verse 2, Mark chapter 5, if you didn't know that. It says, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. I love this. Let's just, come on, we're going to just dig this out line by line. You need to underline that. Where was he living? Where was he living? What's in tombs? Death. When you are possessed, again, this, I'm just making sure we're understanding this. When you are possessed, when you are possessed, you are either being influenced to life or influenced to death. And when somebody is influenced or possessed by something that is not of God, they will find themselves amongst the dead. Do you hear me? So a man with an impure spirit came for the tombs to meet him. And this man lived in, in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons off his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So somebody possessed, somebody that is influenced unto death, will always be unchained will always, there will not be anything that can bind them when they have given themselves over to that which is possessing them unto death. Are you tracking me on that so far? Come on, we're going to go high level and then we're going to dig it down. We're starting at 50,000 feet and we're going to dig down to go, wait a second, you're going, listen, one way or the other, you're going to walk out of here knowing that you're possessed. What did you learn at church today, boys and girls? Oh, we learned we're possessed. Oh, okay, okay. No, we're gonna see this, and we need, and there, and there, listen to me. There is a there is a beautiful reason why we need to see this. There is safety in understanding this. There is safety in understanding patterns and where they come from and why they come from. And so we see this. We see this man. What did he do? It said that what did he do with rocks? He, he did what? He cut himself, he cut all over himself, right? He he inflicted pain on who? Himself. On himself. See, when we define somebody as possessed, when you see somebody that's being influenced, possessed, controlled by that which is not of God, you will always see self-inflicted pain. Did you hear what I just said? How many of you are in your own life? And, and I don't want to jump ahead here. Uh, but listen, there's no punchline in this. I'm not here to surprise you and wow you. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh my goodness, that show was better than Cats. I'll see it again and again. I'm not here to do that. I don't care about that. I'm trying to give you a pattern that you get this and go. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, I see that now. And how many of you can look at your own life and know? Whether you called it by the word possession, whether you said it and openly said, I'm possessed, because nobody walks around saying, I'm possessed, right? Nobody does, right? The only people that say that are the married men that are sitting in a chair while their wives are trying on clothes at Kohl's. You know that chair? They are possessed by their brides. Don't move. Do not move. I am possessed. Yes, honey. You understand that? That's the only people that would say that. Only people. It's only people. I love that. Do you know there, this is just a fun fact. Do you know that there is not a chair next to the men's dressing room? You know that? There's not. Because nobody's waiting for them. That chair next to the, the women's, that's designed for husbands. Right there. You sit there. That's all. That's the husband's chair. And I love that chair. I love that chair. I'll sit in that chair for the next 20 years. Right? Thank God for smartphones. Anyway, okay. So somebody that does sit, does sit there and says, I don't say that I am possessed, but yet if you look at your own life, when you know that you were not doing that, which was influencing you and controlling you unto the will of God, you can see in your own life that there is self-inflicted harm. Anybody? And some of us, let's check this all the way out, man. Some of us, it gets all the way to the point of now even self-inflicted pain, cutting on themselves, doing all that stuff. But even more, guys, listen, there are people out there, you know, uh, those that are walking around with scars on their arms from the fact that they've cut on themselves, those are the ones that it's outwardly obvious. Trust me, there are people that are possessed by that which is not controlling them unto life that have way deeper scars than what is seen on arms. And they are just self-inflicting pain over and over because they are being controlled by something, influenced by something that does not lead them to life. So the pattern is always going to be this. This is one of those things. Follow me on this. This is one of those things that you will need to see. This is, I always try to give you measuring sticks. I always try to give you things that you can go, man, that is some, that's, a, that, that's something that I, if I see that in my life, that's kind of a telltale sign. That's my canary in the cave, right? Like if I see this in my life, if I see myself being a, a self-inflicting uh, a pain in my life, I keep causing my own harm, then maybe I'm possessed by something that is not designed to lead me to life you follow me on this? Like we need to know these things. Some of you would have gotten out of this a long time ago. Some of you would have gotten out of patterns a long time ago if somebody would have just explained to you the good news of the gospel, and not just the good news of the gospel of the salvation of Christ, but also the good news of gospel of of you can be possessed or influenced by something else. See, there are three things, and we'll get into those three things. There are three ways to be uh, to be possessed. Obviously, you can be uh, de- demonically uh, possessed. Oh, Pastor Chris, does that still happen? Yes, it does. I mean, I'm just telling you. Okay, so Pastor Chris, so why don't we see that in the American church very often? We're going to get to that because the enemy is elegant. Most of the people sitting in the church right now today already don't believe in the supernatural. They believe that they are saved and they're going somewhere and they hope that it's heaven, but they don't believe in the supernatural. So what would be the point of even manifesting a a demonic uh, possession in a church that doesn't even believe in the supernatural? So the enemy just goes, well, I'll just go a different route. It's not that the enemy doesn't possess the, it's not that he doesn't possess in a different way. He just goes about, he just feeds something else. And the next way to be possessed is by self. I am, for those of you that sat there and said, and I'm not kicking you in the teeth, but I'm just gonna throw you under the bus. If you just sat there and said, I'm not possessed by anything. Now listen, I'm gonna give you a way out on this because you are possessed by something and we're gonna get there. But for those that would say, I'm not possessed by anything, I'm not possessed by anything, well, most likely you are possessed by self, right? And the Bible would call it, in fact, you can actually look there. I don't know if I have this reference of, but the Bible calls it, the, 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 there are three things in the flesh, that the pride of life, right? The lust of the eyes and the lust of the, of the flesh. Yeah, that's right. It's for, that's right. Thanks, thanks Wendell. It's First John. And it talks about that, that we can actually be, I don't, do you understand that the enemy doesn't have to possess me demonically and control my hands and make me do something, but if he can feed into the lust of my flesh and the lust of my eyes and the pride of my life, if he can do that, he doesn't have to do anything because I'll take it from here. And so the modern church here, or the American church, the reason probably we don't see very often the demonic uh, possession of the actual demon possession here is why is because the enemy's not doing that. He's fanning the flame of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And the American church, because everything out there is designed for you as being the central focus of that, right? You know why there is a Starbucks within every 500 feet? It's for you because you're the center of the universe and the enemy sits there and just fans that you're the center of the universe you're the center of the you're the lord of your life you're the king of your world you're right i am i really am and you know what I see that and I want that. And not only do I want that, the pride of my life, I have the ability to make funds to go get that. I can do, oh, I have that. Oh, I want to do, I want to feel that. I want to I want to sit in a chair and be massaged by rollers. And all, I want to be so comfortable. I can do that. I can go and buy that. I, I can go to buffets and eat plates after plates of food over. I can gorge myself. Why? Because I can. Because I want to you. The enemy, has, the enemy doesn't even need to get involved in that. The enemy doesn't have to possess you. He just fans that into flame, right? You're the king of your world. You're the apple of your, uh, of your eye. You're the king of your universe. I am. I want. I see. I am, right? And we sit there and we say, oh, I'm not possessed. I'm not possessed. But I would say you are. And I would, use, I would say that I am as well. I would say that I'm on my own life and I see my own life when I have operated in the lust of the flesh and the lust of my eyes and the pride of my life. And what is, what is pride of my life? Because we always, and listen, the children in there, everybody always talks about lust and we always relate that to a sexual uh, uh, action, but it's not. It's lust is more so than that. It is that un, it's an uninhibited desire that causes us to want something and go get something. Does that make sense? That's well more outside. Well, more it's outside just even a sexual uh, course there. So I can have the lust of my flesh and want something to me. I want to feel this. My, my flesh wants to be comfortable. I want to take a nap. I want to do this. I don't want to do that because I don't like doing that. I don't want to work. I just want to sit. Uh, that, is, that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. It's not just I'm always just looking at and inappropriate things on the internet, lust of the eyes can be, ooh, they got a new thing. I want a new thing. Right? Ooh, that's shiny. I want that shiny thing. And listen to me. Those shiny things are not bad. Food is not bad. But when I am influenced to the point of no control, tracking me on this? then I become possessed by that which is leading me to death and causing me to do self-inflicted harm. Are you following me on this? And so the Bible is going to lay out these actions of this man, these actions of this man that we would all look and have pity on. We, We would. We would all sit there. We would all literally be the guys that showed up around Jesus and saw this guy come running out of the tombs and we would all feel empathy and, and sympathy and oh I feel so bad and he lives in a graveyard and oh he's cut himself oh, that's sad right like we would like we would oh woe is me and and he's man oh if he could boy I, he just needs some friends right like you would like you would feel bad for him all in the reality of as I, as I could be just as possessed as that man that's living in the tombs I just live in Fenton, right? And not only that, I could still go to church on Sunday. See what I just said? Just so you know, just because you walked into this building doesn't, doesn't leave possession at the door. It doesn't leave what you are influenced by. Some of you are in this building and some of you are watching down this lens, not because you want to, but because you grew up with a weird doctrine that, that this somehow equates as to time put in with God. And like this is just a work of an action. It's just, listen, let, let me just tell you something. I'm going to be, let's just be real transparent about this. When we come to church as a work of the flesh, follow me on this. When I come to church, I come into a building on Sunday morning and go to church as a work of the flesh, that is doing self-inflicted harm because I am being possessed by something that is not leading me to life but actually leading me to death. And here's what I mean by that. You say, Pastor Chris, when I was coming to church, how could that be ungodly? How could that lead to death? Because because the enemy is fanning into flames this work mentality in your life that you've got to come to church to somehow to earn his favor. And so you think you're doing an action that actually is good, and it's actually being influenced by that which is death. Did you hear what I just said? Do you know how many people are sitting in church right now that are only sitting in church because of it's a work of the flesh? And not because they are being possessed by that which is life, but they are actually just cutting themselves again. Oh, it's another work. I gotta earn this. I gotta do this. I gotta, oh, just, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta, I gotta be this. I gotta be better. I gotta, for him to love me, I gotta be better. I gotta work harder. I gotta volunteer in nursery, which we do need volunteers. But I gotta work. I gotta do all these things. I gotta clean a toilet. I gotta do that. I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And I'm doing it in the house. And the enemy's like, oh, yeah, that's, that looks godly. That's gonna be good. And all the while, it's possession. All the while, it's influence. Of that which leads to death. Because there is nothing sadder than watching somebody that has been given the free gift of salvation then try to work for it or to believe that they have to work for something that is already free. How sad is that? How sad is that? It's like walking up to, in a restaurant and, and paying for a soda, right? You walk up and you put your money, there's nobody to collect, so you're like, man, I, I got to pay for this. And so you put your money down and you get that soda and then find out later that the soda's for free and it's, it's free refills. You know what I'm talking about? You know how frustrating that would be? I just paid for this, right? And my ice is no different than yours? My I. I Are you seeing what I'm putting out there? I'm trying to give you some context here. What I'm saying is we can do all kinds of things that are done from a standpoint of being possessed by that which is death that look even like life. (laughs) And that's terrifying. And so that's why we're talking about the importance of this. So let's let's look at our solution now. Is that all right? Are you still with me today? No, no, no. Are you still with me today? good. This is yes in America. This is no. We're working on it. We're coming back out of that quarantine mentality, right? I don't know what to do. I don't know what facial expression to make right now. Should I smile? Should I wink? What should I do? Should I give him a high five? I don't know. It's all right. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Ryan, there is nothing fancy about this. You're right. This hint of water, nothing fancy about it. Absolutely, absolutely. But let's just look at this because I want to take a very, I want to take a very uh, felt board passage. Now, I, I might have to change what I say is felt board when they're back there going through Leviticus, all right? Because I, I've been saying felt board, like you know, like John three sixteen and all this. They're back there dissecting the law, right? And we're up here going, can he just keep going? All right? Come on now. They're, they're in there saying felt board. I think that's what's happening back there. Uh, Elijah's back there going, so this is felt board stuff. Yes, it's felt board stuff. Let's get back into Leviticus. <laughs> but I want you to see, I want, I want to give you a very simple passage here to understand this, one that we have glazed over and one that we have, have, have not, re- well, I'm not going to say taken to heart, but we definitely, we put it on coffee mugs and we do all that stuff with it. It's on T-shirts, it's logos, it's all that. But I want you to look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Because remember, I said that we can either be demonically possessed, which is accurate. We can be self-possessed, which in my opinion might actually be more dangerous than demonic. I have to be honest with you. And I just want to say this before. The reason I would say that I, I think it's, it, it's a heavier weight to be possessed by self than it is even demonically possessed, because when Jesus dealt with his demonic possession, the demons just bowed to him and begged for him to let him go. I'll be honest with you. I've struggled a lot harder than that when I've been possessed by self. Did you hear what I just said? Okay. So Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says this. It says, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must do what? Deny themselves and take up their cross, how often? Daily and follow me, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Now, I want you to understand something. How many of you have heard that passage before? Come on, raise your hand. We're not a perfect church. We will judge you. Right? Right? We will judge where you've gone to church in the past, right? So we know this. this, is, this is, but, but listen to me. There are sometimes we have taken passages and we've, we've made them so watered down or we've made them so poetic that we've missed the power of what Jesus was actually trying to protect us from. Follow me on this. And he says this. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Why does he say this? Because the creator of the universe is realizing at that very moment when he says, you must deny yourself. Because if you do not, you will be possessed by it. Do you hear what I just said? If there is not a daily denying of self, it is not if, it is when you will fall into the influence of self. Remember what I told you, there's no gray area in this. There's none of this, none of this takes a day off. Meaning meaning if I wake up on Wednesday and I do not deny self and take up my cross and chain myself to the Lordship of Christ, like I used to be chained to my sin, that which influenced me and possessed me, if I don't do this, then whether I like it or not, I will be possessed that day by self. Because self is powerful. Self is powerful, man. Man, my want-tos, woo. unbelievably strong. My want-tos, man, chains cannot. There are moments my want-tos, man, you could chain me up, I'm just gonna break through them. I, just, I, just, you, I don't care, chain, put chains on me. My want-tos are so strong And that's why Jesus is so clear here. We've made this into a poetic verse as something we put into music, something we put on Bibles, something we put on T-shirts, but he is giving us, he knows, the creator of the universe knows our situation. And our situation is this. If you do not do this, if you do not wake up on a daily basis and deny self, not only deny it, but crucify it, crucified self, on a daily basis, you will be influenced and possessed by it. And it doesn't take time off. It doesn't take time off on Wednesday. You don't get a down day on Thursday. It doesn't go Friday, have a good time, have a good weekend. I'll pick you up on Monday. No, there is not a day that goes by that you and I do not live being possessed by something. But I want to see this here because now that we kind of see this and Jesus is giving us this pattern, that the reality of it is there's not a person in this room that doesn't know this pattern all right. We've just so minimized this pattern and not seen the gravity of which it's affecting that we've just pushed it off. Because every single one of us could probably quote this, oh, yeah, i got to deny self, take up my cross, you know, link it to Lordship. Yeah, that's really important. And then wake up on Tuesday and just go, self, what do you want to do? What kind of death pattern do we want to walk in today? Right? And then hopefully make it to church on Sunday to repent of those things, do a little turnaround, shuffle your feet a little bit, lift your hands a little bit, and try to get back on track just to Monday go back in business. But let's look at this real quick, because I want us to see this. Because, so Jesus gives us this pattern. Jesus gives us this pattern of denial of self. He gives us this pattern of, of denying self. And this is our protection piece against being possessed by self and demonic. It is, the, it is our, and forget even being demonic. It's just, because I think the old, I have said it, it's even on our website. I, I said this a long time ago. The biggest problem in America is not sex, drugs, or rock and wall, roll. It is self. That is our biggest problem right? It's your biggest problem and it's my biggest problem. And so we see this. He gives us this pattern to protect us from that. But I, but I want us to understand something. I want us to understand, like also understand that the, the, the give you kind of give you a measuring stick of what happens. Have you ever had, have you ever denied self in it manifest? Have you ever had somebody to tell you to stop doing what self wants and seen manifestation in your own life? And I'm not talking about your head spinning around and pea soup coming out on the wall. I'm talking about you are being controlled in an area of your life by flesh and by self and your want-tos and the pride of life and your wisdom and your knowledge base and your want-tos and everything you see I want. And then somebody comes to you and says, no. And all of a sudden that just rises up in you, that feeling no, I mean, have, have you ever want, Have you yet? Yeah, let's do this. Have you ever had plans to do something that you've been wanting to do? You had it circled on the calendar, man. I'm gonna do that this day, whatever that is, whatever that thing is. And then somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm sorry, you can't do that thing. You know, I made you a doctor's appointment." Or, "Hey, I'm sorry, you can't do that thing. We've got to do this thing, which is the polar opposite of the very thing that you wanted to do." Have you ever had that feeling? And then, how many of you literally? Literally, there is a physical manifestation in your body. Yeah. Come on, am I alone in this? Yeah. Like you feel it. Your blood pressure goes up. You, int- uh, man, I just, Sonia, Sonia can tell you this. And I'm getting better at it. I, well, I'm not getting better at it. I'm just getting better hiding it on my face. <laughs> um, but like, so I am getting better at that. I am getting better. But so like, so I don't hide things very well here right? So I manifest self right here. I I mean, I do. It's just right here. If I don't want to do something, if you catch me in that, like, that three-second, 10-second span before I have flipped on my face onto something else, it's manifesting, man, right? It's got that look of, (laughs) right? I bet I I can can tell you right now, I might have never stomped my foot and acted like a two-year-old, but that manifestation is taking place in in my body, in my flesh, in my mind. But I don't want to. I wanted to do that. That's not fair because I want to do this. Let me just tell you something. Hold on for a second. I know that's funny, but I'm also trying to give you a measuring stick that there might be, that might be a measuring stick that that area... Whatever that thing is, might have such an influence over you that when it's trying to being removed, it literally begins to manifest like a demon being cast out. <clears throat> I mean, it's just the truth. You get pouty, your demeanor changes. You, can, you, literally go, you, you literally go from being happy to instantly sad and angry and put out within a blink Man, that's a manifestation. That's a manifestation of a possession. Did you hear what I just said? Like we always just sit there and say, oh man, I've seen these videos and I watched this person and they said they were demon possessed. And all of a sudden you could see their face and then it was like a demon took over their face. I've seen that same thing happen on my face looking in the mirror when I didn't want to do something. And there wasn't a demon involved. It was just self. No, are you following me on this? What I'm trying to point out is some of you, listen to me, I'll I'll just, let me, oh, let me touch on some hot topics. This will be fun. Let's just kick some things in the head. Some of you have been in relationships. Some of you have been in relationships where it has been nothing but death, nothing. There is nothing that has led it. And the second somebody speaks into your life and says to you, man, this isn't life. This is leading to death. Man, there is a manifestation, but I want this. But I want it. It's mine. And maybe you're like, oh, that's not me. You're lucky because you're married. I'm thinking about you, you know, prior to marriage. Anybody have that ever manifest in you? You knew you were in a relationship, was not leading to life, was not leading to goodness. Somebody even speaks to you, and instead of seeing that as a release, as a safety valve to get out, you saw it as somebody trying to cast out something that has possessed you and owned you and influences you unto death. Man, we manifest. We sit there and say, oh, brother, I don't believe in the manifestation. Don't worry, we'll just talk about self, and trust me, this church will be manifesting all over the place, Right? Somebody ever tell you where you can and cannot spend your money? How you can spend your money? What you can spend your money on? Whew, right? All of a sudden, somebody begins to talk about giving or, or, or sowing and reaping. Somebody begins to talk about even just having godly principles of how we walk through our life and starts touching on your money. Whose money? My money. Whose money? My money. It's like a chant. It's like cheerleaders go off, right? Rah, 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 Chris is awesome, Right? That's what happens in my head. (laughs) Again, you showed up here. That's all I'm saying. But we have this. We manifest when we deal with those things. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to point out is, is you would sit there in the beginning of this. I said, I'm possessed. And you were like, well, that's on you, brother. And the reality of it is, is I think all of us can look at our own lives And see areas in our own lives where something has happened and we've been so controlled by something, so influenced by something. It has owned us so much that when somebody tries to bring life to it, it literally screeches and yells and screams like a demon being cast into pigs. But we are legion. We are legion. We're not going anywhere. This is my space. Let me just tell you something. It happens all the time. happens all the time and it's dangerous, and that's why Jesus is pointing out here, listen, there's a way and there's a pattern to be protected by that, and that is to deny self, crucified on a daily basis. So then what's the result of that? Oh, you sit there and say, oh, you can be possessed by demons and you can be possessed by self, but what does it look like to be possessed by, by the Son of God? Can I actually be possessed by the Son of God? Well, let's just look at this because I, I do want you to see this. Are you still with me? I told you we were going to do some work today. I wasn't lying about that. Where do I want to go? Because I could take you all a bunch of different places. Oh, let's just go back to, let's go to, uh, we'll go to Mark back in here in just a second. We'll go to Mark here in just a second. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Come on, I'm going to let you out of here in just a little bit. I know, I know, I know, men, football started again. I can already, I can see you manifesting. That might be a sign. I'm just saying it. Actually, wives, this will be fun, except for my wife. Later on today, like when the football kicks in and he wants to sit down and watch, just go, "Hey, let's go walk in the park and just see." And when they manifest, just point it out, "Ha ha, that's the manifestation right there. And then just try to cast it out. It'll be a fun afternoon. It'll be a fun afternoon. It'll be awesome. Not my house, though. that's not going to happen. Gonna no, you're no, 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 no. we've read the Bible. So in 2 Corinthians chapter five, it says this. We're gonna jump down to verse 12. I want you to see this because I want you to see what it looks like. I want you to see what what somebody being controlled, possessed, influenced by looks like. It says this. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you, this is, again, 2 Corinthians chapter five, starting in verse 12. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us. This is him preaching the message of the gospel so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it's only for you. Verse 14, for Christ's love does what? controls or compels. I don't know what translation you have, but it compels, meaning it's an influencer, meaning it is something that's a driving thing. It's not just an idea. It's not just something that we talk about. It is something that's actually actively, meaning it's caused these men to do something that they weren't doing to now do something that they are doing. That's possession. Are you following me on this? And so Christ's love, it says Christ's love compels me. It means I wanted to do this, but I couldn't because I'm compelled. I couldn't if I wanted. I'm compelled by the love of Christ to share, to do what I'm doing, to walk. In fact, it's even gonna go, and this is that amazing passage where it talks about all of our ministries, our ministries of reconciliation. And it says, I am compelled. I am possessed by Christ. And possessed by his love and compelled and influenced to step into the ministry of reconciliation that he gave me. The only way we step into that ministry is if we recognize and if we are actually denying self so that we can be compelled by the love of Christ. In fact, let's look at this and then I'll let you go. Last thing, because I want you to see the difference here. Because I'm, 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 I'm trying to give you a pattern I'm trying to give you something that you can look at your own life and go, where am I at in this? And then a way out. And then also what it looks like to be different. And the very last thing, I love this. Let's go back to the guy. Let's go back to the guy in the tomb. In Mark chapter five, if we jump down, Jesus is now cast out, cast out the, 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 the demons and, and into the pigs and they've gone and, and, and drowned themselves. And then all of a sudden we see this, we see this man's response to being set free from that which was causing him death. In verse 14, it says, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed, been, past tense, I am no longer bound by that thing anymore. You as a believer, that's your story. You used to be chained by something. You are no longer chained to something. But listen, Jesus is wanting, this guy is now wanting to chain himself to Christ. He says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. There is that, that loves compelling him. What you did for me is compelling me to bind myself to you like I used to be bound by this thing. And then Jesus didn't let him. I love this. Jesus did not let him, but said, go, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and, 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 and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went, follow me on this, I can tell you the man is no longer possessed because he didn't stomp his feet and go, but I want to go with you. Because of what God did in him, he was compelled to obey, which led to life, not just for him, but for those he was getting ready to go and share with. And so the man went away and began to tell how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. See, this is the reality of a believer, unchained from sin, not possessed by self, but possessed, influenced, compelled, whatever word makes you feel comfortable, compelled by the very love of God. That should be compelling us. Like Paul said in Corinthians, like Paul said, I am compelled to preach this. The love of God is compelling me. My question is simply this, is is we should be looking at our lives we should be looking at our lives and the spirit of repentance should hit us like a ton of bricks. If, if I look at my life and I do not see the love of God compelling me to do anything in my life because as a child of God, that is a measuring stick of have I truly, I might be unchained from the sin and the wickedness and the darkness that he found me in but I've never fully chained myself to the lordship of Christ and I'm just living in this space called self And being possessed by this, and hopefully in the end, all of my work that I'm doing in this will pay out, and I'll get to go and be with him. Are you hearing me on this? This isn't like a rah, 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 amen, Pastor Chris, you're amazing. I mean, we're not going to stop you. But I'm not expecting this. I'm expecting you to walk away with some questions in your head. I'm expecting you to walk away with taking some sober moments and going, let me check myself. Let me go before God, as the Bible would say. Let me go before him and genuinely present myself and say, God, if there is anything that is, that is wicked to you, if there is anything that, that causes you grief, if there is anything in my life that is, let me present it before you so that you can deal with me so that I can be changed and compelled by the love of being set free of those very things that maybe I don't even see right now. Because my goodness, I don't ever, what a sad thing to be, to be somebody that has been set free Live in self, spend their Sundays for the next 40 to 50 years in a building, working on a hamster's wheel of self, cutting themselves, working and working and working, and missing out on the fullness of the good news of the gospel and the fullness of being influenced and possessed by Jesus. What a waste it would be! I'm trying not to waste your time. I'm trying not to waste your time. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father God, I thank you. (laughs) Father, I didn't live in tombs and I didn't cut myself, but boy, you found me in a graveyard. You found me in a graveyard of despair, of pride, of addiction, and of all kinds of wicked things. And I am so thankful that you set me free And I am so thankful that you live and because of it, as the Bible would say, that I live the life that I live now. I live it in Christ. I live it in the faith in Christ, meaning I am influenced, I'm possessed by it. It compels me to do that which I didn't wanna do before. Father, I'm thankful for that. Father, my prayer is simply today for all of us that we would be honest with you, that we would go before you and present things and say, Can we talk about this? Show me where I'm missing that. Show me where I'm being influenced. Show me where I'm possessed. Show me where I'm not being being set free and that I'm not being controlled by you. Show me, Father, not just for my sake, but for the community that you're sending me to. Thank you for it. Let our knees be weak. Let repentance come and let joy and life abound in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody send. Amen. We'll stand to your feet, you beautiful people, you. Come on. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 9400 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.